what's happening in church. Yeah, the whole church is coming to hang out with you guys on last Sunday. How cool was that? Island Camp is getting a shout out. And I said, they're like, well, what projects do you want to do? I said, well, I want the project that where we go to the beach and hang out and eat hot dogs and stuff. And they were like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. So uh, don't miss the 29th, man. That's a whole family. That's like bring the neighbors out. Like that's the, just bring everybody. We're not going to like, I mean, we're in church. I can say this. Like it's not going to be real churchy. It's going to be real hangouty. And like, man, you don't want to miss it. Bring the fam. I'm going to be there with my uh, gorgeous family. And I'm super excited about that. Uh, Today, we are continuing in our series on relationships. For the last couple of weeks, we've been kind of hammering marriage and like personal relationships as far as that kind of stuff is concerned. But this week, I'm going to give you something super practical. And it's super practical for anybody. So if you're not a Christian and somebody drags you here, hey, I'm so glad you're here. But guess what? I'm going to pick on the Christians a lot today, so you could just get a free ticket to watch me pick on the person that brought you. And so, man, I'm glad you're here. We're going to talk a lot about a guy by the name of Saul or Solomon. We're going to talk a lot about a guy named Paul. Uh, these are, man, these are just kind of the wisest guys that have ever lived. This is literally one of the guys, Paul, wrote most of what we consider westernized Christianity. He wrote the new, most of the New Testament, a large portion of it. And then Solomon was literally called in his time and since then the wisest person who ever lived. So we're going to hear a lot from them on this specific topic. And the specific topic we're going to talk about today is gossip and how it relates to your relationships. And the people who wrote the Bible and the people who wrote the New Testament had a ton to say on this topic. Now, the weight that I carry when it comes to this topic is to convince you that gossip's bad and convince you that it's super deadly, that it can literally be deadly to every single situation that it's introduced to. And so to introduce this super serious, super deadly topic, I give you my daughter, Leilani. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. Again. 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 So that is Leilani. Uh, yeah, I could watch that all day. I don't know about you guys. I'm a little partial, a little biased. Um, listen, uh, tea time is something that is super special at our house. Leilani loves to drink fake tea. She loves to slurp it. You saw, right? She does that all the time. That's one of the first things she ever actually learned to do. Uh, but she loves to also spill the tea. But what that means in my world is a lot different what it means in your world. It actually harkens back to a time where Victorian times, where people would get together, the peasants would actually get together, and they would, it was their time to drink their tea, and they would lean in a little bit, and they would spill the tea when it came to talking about the royals. Now, when it came to the royals, how good the tea was or how hot the tea was was based on how good or how dark or how juicy the info was, the gossip that they were passing. Along. Now, they would say that you were wasting my tea time if it was old news. Like, if this, this is a rumor I'd already heard about that so-and-so cheated with so-and-so, it wasn't a big deal. Either way, no matter what, they were spilling 
the tea. Now, spilling the tea is not necessarily a big deal, again, at the Weber household with plastic cups that look like this. But it is a big deal when it comes to gossip. And the writers of the the whole Bible, man, they had a lot to say on this. They had more than just about any other topic introduced in the Bible. They had some pretty strong words against spilling the tea. They were actually described, getting ahead of ourselves, as actually described as being hated by God. It was poison to our soul. It was so bad. And just like poison in the physical, man, a little bit goes a long way when you introduce it into your life and can have significant, significant consequences when it comes to your relationships. And the interesting thing we'll find here when a poison in reference to gossip is that not only does poison affect the person that takes it in, but it actually transforms you in such a way that you are now passing it out. Now, we got to talk about gossip, so we might as well define it. So I do what you do, and I went on UrbanDictionary.com to find a definition for gossip. This is what I found. This is so good. This was the first one. I'm going to read it to you. This is from um, Curious Furball, like 19 or something like that. Gossip. Something nasty people do when they are bored, have no life, or are really stupid. It's nasty because a lot of the time you never hear about it, and people are way too PC to admit and are nice to you to your face, but they spread nasty gossip behind your back. And you never know what happened when someone suddenly hates you for no reason or some people started threatening you for no reason. That's because some losers with no life or no brain decided to gossip because they're too stupid and have too many, don't have any hobbies, any real social life, or any shred of conscience whatsoever. Gossip is what happens before you get a knife in the back. I have so many questions. Like, like, like my first one, like, who hurts you? Like, who hurts you, Curious Furball, like, 19? Like, who, like who, who hurts you? <laughs> Here's the thing. Let's give you a simple definition. That was a little intense, right? Gossip is just simply negative information being passed behind your back. That's it. What's intriguing, though, is oftentimes we think that gossip isn't gossip if, like, the information that we're talking about is true or if the information's correct. It's not. Hear me on this. The, not truthfulness. Truthfulness doesn't dictate whether the gossip is actually gossip. It's whether or not it's negative or not. Nobody ever complained about having good stuff talked about behind their back. Negativity is such a problem and such a problem for God in this sense that, man, when, listen, Paul, the guy we were talking about, He's writing to a church in Rome. That's where we get the book of Romans from. And it, listen, I mean, if, if you knew that you only got like one correspondence to this church, like you would pack it full of super important things. You would, you know, agonize over every single detail. Paul leads off this letter to Rome talking about gossip. Look at this. This is so, this is so crazy. He says, they have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, Greed, depravity, they are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. You know what they are? They're gossips. Slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although, and this is how we know he's talking to the Christians in the room. Again, we're going to pick on Christians today. Although they know God's righteous decree, they know what they're supposed to do, right? That those 
who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but they also approve of those who practice them. Gossip is roped in to a list that includes envy, murder, lying, no mercy, no love, deserving of death. It's a pretty big deal. But it begs the question, why? Why is it such a big deal? Well, notice the trajectory and the trend of every single one of those things there is a, is a lack of goodness. More specifically, it's a propensity for destruction. Right? Just like murder is the destruction of life, gossip has the ability to destroy every single one of your relationships, every single one of your friendships, every single one. Of, it has the ability to create a toxic environment in your family, with your kids, at your job. And so the rest of our time here today, I want to kind of lay out a couple of things. One, I want to lay out why we gossip, the reasons why we gossip, because I feel like that's pretty important to break down why we do it. Then... We're going to talk about when you do actually gossip, well, what's the result? What happens? And then, of course, because I don't want to leave you hanging, we're going to talk about the remedy. So you're going to get the reason, the results, the remedy, good alliteration, as my ninth grade English teacher would say. So I want to start with Solomon. Now, Solomon, listen, he has some strong words about rumors and gossip, but this is so good. Look at what he says. He says, rumors are dainty morsels that seek deep into one's heart. You ever been like you ever been to like a like a nice get together? And you're like looking at the food spread, and you're like, oh, that's so good. But you're on a diet from like the last get together. You know, like you're just on a diet in general. You're always on a perpetual diet like myself. And you're looking at it and you're like, oh, I can have one. Maybe, oh, you know what? You know what? I can have one. And then you have one. And one turns into like two, and then, then you start to justify it. You're like, well, I'm probably going to work out in the morning, so it's not a big deal. Like, and like, maybe I, I, I'll probably work out this weekend at some point. I don't know. And then all of a sudden, two turns into 17, right? I love what, I love what the message translation says for this. Look at this. Is, Listening to gossip is like eating cheap candy. Do you really want junk like that in your belly? Why, why do you do it? Because it tastes good. Because it feels good, right? And oftentimes it's connected to an insecurity or a hurt in our lives, right? Like if you struggle with jealousy and envy like I do, right? You, you boost your self-esteem by putting other people down. You feel better. But Solomon, the wisest guy ever lived, says, hey, that gets down deep into your soul. Deep down into a place that nobody likes to talk about where you feel self-righteous because you're gossiping and you're better than them. And you're identifying how much better you are than them in every single situation. And there's a result to that. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But like Solomon says, it goes down. It goes down like a dessert. It's tasty. But just like dessert, maybe you've heard this before, a moment on the lips, lifetime on the hips, Okay. The gossip, man, it gets down deep inside and it has an impact how you see people, how you talk to people in every single relationship. So why do we do it? Well, one of the reasons why is because it tastes good, like most sin does, at least in that moment. The second most common reason why I believe that you and I gossip is because we want to be first. We want you to have heard the inside information from me. 
right? Like, it, it's, it's our kind of our in, intrinsic seek for approval. And listen, I feel this one, okay? Because I, like, throw back to last week. I'm a words of affirmation guy, right? I want you, I want the approval from you. And I think we learn it from the world, right? How often, like, whoa, we broke the news first that so-and-so did such-and-such or whatever. We see it all over the news. And here's the interesting thing. A lot of times they have to go back and be like, well, I know we broke the news before, but it was wrong. It was completely incorrect, and now we have to do this, and then they remedy it, and then, they, then it's wrong again. But no matter the reason, whether it feels good or whether we're the first one that you got that information from us, if it's negative and it's behind their back, it's what the writers of the Bible call rebellion to God. And the results of direct rebellion to God, whether you're a Christian or not, you could understand this, are pretty catastrophic. So let's go back to Solomon. Man, he's just handing out gems free. This is free of charge, okay? Solomon's just killing the game right here. Look at what he says. He says, a perverse person stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. You ever heard of the, the, the terminology or the phrase, loose lips sink ships? It harkens back to a time actually in World War II where the United States, this is where I come from, and the United Kingdom were trying to transport, man, people and resources across the Atlantic and across the English Channel to go fight Nazi Germany. And they were literally getting sunk on a, like, one out of every three boats by German U-boats. And what they discovered is that Germany had developed technology that was listening in to what they were doing. And so they literally, if you would talk too much, which I am guilty of way too often, and you would give away some sort of position, they would show up and meet the boats there. And literally your loose lips could cost people lives. But let's take it, let's take it one step further. Look at this. Loose lips sink ships. They sink friendships. They sink relationships, they shrink, companionships. Gossip is such a powerful force that has the ability to erode and divide the best of friends, crush your relationships, and it accomplishes this. This is so interesting. By changing the way that you see people, by changing the way that you think about that relationship or that friend or that spouse, just twist it just enough that you think about your family just a little bit differently. You think about your kids just a little bit differently. And what it's resulting in is a poisoned perspective. Think about the power of your words and the words that you hear. You shop specific brands because you heard something about such and such. And it doesn't matter if you heard what you heard was true or not, does it? It affected the way you see them. But look at what it says. Look at what it is. This is so interesting. It says, a gossip. Not gossip. Why is that such a big deal? Gossip is the noun in the sense. That means it's the person. You ate that morsel, right? It got deep down into your soul, and it turns you into the very poison that it was. You heard, you've heard, you are what you eat. You are the gossip that you spew. You are the poison. It poisons the perspective of yourself, and it poisons the perspective of others around you. And it's not the only time that we see a reference this way in the Bible. Look at this. This is so good. A gossip, a person, betrays a confidence. But a trustworthy person keeps a secret. See, gossip, it, it breeds distrust. It breeds disunity. Take 
You ever heard of rants, raves, and reviews? Yeah, yeah, those who know are like, oh, well, we know. Rants, raves, and reviews, if you don't know, it's an online forum. Uh, it's local-based, local and it's a place where people can go on, you guessed it, rant, rave, and review. But realistically, what it's turned into is a place for people to complain, a place for people to gossip. And the Journey Church, we, we get a lot of heat on rants, raves, and reviews, as do a lot of churches around the area. But the super sad part is where the heat comes from. For the most part, it's one church bashing another church. And where that really becomes a problem is when non-Christian people read it. And they take the negative things that are being said sort of behind your back, but not because it's online. Nothing ever disappears online. And they take it out of context. And it, distrust is sown into their heart. They were already distrusting of the church. They were already distrusting of you and I, the people that were going to there. They're not distrusting of Jesus, mind you. They're distrusting of the church people. And what it leads to is them maybe never coming. And them maybe never hearing the gospel. Them it changes eternities because church people wanted to talk trash about other church people. It's rebellion from God, and it leads to conflict. It leads to dysfunction. It leads to disunity. It leads to anger. It leads to jealousy. It leads to hate. It leads to bitterness, so we got to remedy it. So what do we do? Now, I grew up playing sports, a lot of sports. I know it don't look like it, but... I was big into soccer. Soccer was my favorite. I uh, played a lot of baseball. I was probably better at baseball than soccer, but I didn't love it the way that I did. Uh, a lot of golf was on the golf team. I'm probably better now than I was, especially because I cheat. Ernest knows what I'm talking about. And listen, I got into football, though, late in life because I looked like this in high school. So I got the high school soccer coach was also the defensive line coach. He was like, I need you on the football field, son. And so I obliged, and I went out, and I turned out I had a knack for it. But it, there was a steep learning curve. Because in sports, and I learned this kind of growing up, I actually got recruited, fun fact, by this team out west. Now, this team out west has some really ugly colors. They're like, I'm colorblind, but you got to forgive me. But they're like, like yellow and like red. Like, I think they call it garnet and gold. Um, <laughs> They recruited me to come play football for them. I said, I don't like your colors, so I'm going to go to the University of Florida Go Gators on an academic scholarship. That's neither here nor there. But um, they probably said some mean things about me behind my back. Um, but here's the deal. Yeah. I learned by playing sports, especially in football in high school, that I was much better when I knew the boundaries. And I knew what I was supposed to do, and I knew the rules that went along with it, because there's a lot of rules. And here's, here's why I say that. I believe that as Christians, you and I, we don't, we don't really know the rules when it comes to gossip. When it comes to talking to other Christians, we don't understand the boundaries. We don't understand the rules. And so I want to give you a couple things today as we close that, that you can apply, whether you are a Christian or not, that you can apply them directly into your life today, the second you leave, and it's going to remedy this problem, this relationship killer that is gossip. So, take notes. Christian or not, here we go. Number one, we're going to remedy this problem. Have the right conversation with the right person. Have the right conversation with the right person. Look at this. Look up on the screen. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to whose needs? 
their needs, not your needs, their needs. And that it may benefit those who listen. Decidedly not negative. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And this is how you know he's talking to Christians. With whom you are sealed for the day of resentment. Listen, you're saved. There's no reason to make the Holy Spirit angry. No reason to make him sad. Get rid of all the bitterness, the rage, and the anger, the brawling, and the slander, along with every form of malice. See, as Christians, we're called to build people up according to their needs, not your own. It's not based on your insecurities or your hurt. It's not based on your need to be a purveyor of some good hot tea. No, basically, you've heard this before, like your mother told you. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. That's number one. Number two, we are, to, we are called to take a narrow, intentional approach to whatever the solution is. Only talk to people that are part of the problem or can serve as a part of the solution. And if, and this is a big last resort, if, if you have to seek counsel, do it with someone with a godly perspective. Not someone who's just going to jump on your side and be like, yeah, 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 they're terrible. They're a terrible human. Where are we dumping the body? Like, let's go, All right? No, no. Perhaps you get somebody who will look at you and go, hey, you know, I hear what you're saying. But, you know, maybe, maybe we need to seek a little bit more understanding. And maybe we need to go back to that person and, and have a one-to-one. Maybe you should do that. Jesus put it like this. If another believer sins against you, go, what, privately. And point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. We are to take a tight, narrow, calculated approach to solving the issue. Especially when it comes to unity. And you can't do that if you don't have the right conversation with the right purpose and right person. And you only widen that circle if you have to at the last resort. You ever notice that when, whenever you and I, we have an issue, I'm super guilty of this. We'll go to like every other person except the person who can actually remedy the problem. It's like every Hallmark movie. If the, like, the loving couple would just go and have a like one-to-one conversation, they w- the rest of the movie would be canceled. You guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Why are all the guys laughing at this? They're like, just solve the problem. Let's go. The movie's over. Listen, we, we, we go and what do we do? We try to convince the rest of the world that we're justified. We try to bring people over to our team. Like, yeah, 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 they're terrible humans. We're hiding the body, right? You don't need a yes man on your team. You need a solution. Narrow, calculated approach. Number three, possibly the most important one. I know it is in my life. Ask for forgiveness when you fail. Ask for forgiveness when you fail. Hey, I, I said this. You weren't there. That's on me. I should have just come to you. Will you forgive me? That's it. And yeah, it's awkward. Yeah, it's weird. You know, like it's cringe as the kids used to. I don't know if they still say that. I'm not a kid. But we have a, I mean, we, we get caught up. We, we mess up, right? We get caught up in the moment. We get caught up where we forget the boundaries. We, we get caught up where we forget the rules. And we forget that we're supposed to be building people up and not tearing them down. We do. We forget. It's a great reminder why you and I, we need a Savior. Because we forget. That's number three. Number four. Don't tolerate it. You know what all gossip has in common? At least two people. Don't tolerate it. We have a church. We have a church. We do have a church. We have a saying at church. It comes from the military. 
Silence is acceptance. Don't be silent. Again, I know it's awkward. I know it's like, you know, it feels weird. Um, but have the awkward conversation. Leave the gossip out of it. I want to give you a good comeback. You can write this. This is free of charge. Pastor Tommy, who is over our students and kids, it does an incredible job. Um, he gave this to me a couple of years ago when we were having a conversation about this. He, he, it was so good. He's so wise. He's so incredible. And so I want to give it to you. If someone comes to you and they're, you know, negative information behind their back, just look them dead in the eye and say, what do you want me to do with that? What do, you want, what, what do you want me to do with that? I promise it'll end right there. What do you want me to do with that? Don't allow your perspective about a person, about a place, about a situation to be poisoned unnecessarily. I'm going to close with this. As Christians, you and I, we are called to be good firemen or fire ladies, fire people. You get it. I thought about, a true story, I thought about like having like a little fire going, right? But, but in the way that like some of the object lessons have gone in the past year, um, where people almost bled out, there's where the scar is on my finger. I thought better of it and that you guys didn't want to be wet from all the, you know. Um, so, picture there's a beautiful fire here. We're called to be firemen, fire ladies. Let me explain. Better yet? I'll have the wisest guy in history explain. Check this out. Fire goes out without wood. And quarrels disappear when gossip stops. The object lesson writes itself. You're called to be an extinguisher, not a starter. To add peace to the world. Not to, not to stir up conflict. So you have to decide this. As I as leave you with your little tea, as a nice reminder... In every conversation, in every situation that you were involved in, are you starting the fire? Are you keeping it going? Or are you putting it out? I suppose the better question is, are you spilling the tea? Let's pray. God, I uh, am as guilty as, well, just about anybody when it comes to gossip. And I know it grieves you. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. God, I cannot thank you enough for providing the forgiveness and the mercy and the love when I mess up. God, I'm honored to be a part of your plan for reaching people here on the island. And so I thank you for entrusting us with that. God, I ask that every single conversation we have, every situation that we find ourselves in, it would be honoring to you, not to ourselves. That we would be proclaiming you. We'd be a purveyor of your goodness and not just hot tea. We love you. We thank you. And it's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.